folks. Welcome to the latest Action Alerts Plus, or we like to call it AAP podcast. Chris Versace here, joined by once again by Bob Lang. Bob, you were just recounting me with your weekend, a lot of tennis, a lot of shopping, a lot of pizza. But the thing that really stood out to me, you were echoing something I shared with you last week, uh, food inflation. Um, you know, quickly tell, tell folks what you dropped or was dropped, I should say, for a small gathering at Domino's. Well, I'll tell you what, if this if this keeps up, Chris, I'm going to have to get a second or maybe even a third job to, to pay for a, pay for the, uh, the excessive food inflation out here. I, I'm telling you, um, a couple of pizzas from Domino's and some and some um, uh, so- sourdough twist rolls, ninety bucks. Wow! All. And we fed we fed you know fed six people, so seven people. So don't get you know don't get me wrong, but I mean still, that's a lot of money to pay for some some dough and cheese, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll say two things about that. One, um, you know that I was messaging you uh, last week when I went to Five Guys and we got. Two burgers. Now remember, those bar- those regular burgers are double burgers. They were bacon cheeseburgers, to be fair. Fries, a milkshake, and a soda. And before tip, which I was surprised that they asked for because it's a quick service restaurant. You don't tip folks at McDonald's, for example. Um, was forty two dollars. So I was a little surprised at that. But the, my my second point, Bob, is you should know better instead of going to Domino's to get pizza. You should march on over to one of the AAP uh, portfolio holdings, Costco. You can really stretch your dollars there, even on pizza. You know this. I almost thought you were going to say go to go to Chipotle and get a Mexican pizza, but you know, I, <laughs> yeah, they don't they don't quite do that. Hey, actually, here's a better deal for you. You had seven people. You could have fed everybody for twelve bucks. All you had to get was seven Costco hot dogs and a soda. <laughs> that would have been less than less than what less than fifteen dollars for all that. That's right. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's, even after tax. Yeah. Well, anyway. Anyway, anyway, all, all all good fun aside, but you know, I, I, I do think that food inflation is, is going to take a little bit longer to come down. Um, having said that, though, the stock market, you know, closed very strong last week, and it's starting this week off are uh, the first full week of the new year on a positive note. And I think we can kind of chalk some of that up to, you know, a few positives that people have been anticipating. As we saw in the employment report for December, that wage inflation wasn't as hot as people were expecting, even though the unemployment rate fell to 3.5%. Um, the uh, data out earlier today from the New York Fed Consumer Survey for December 2022 showed that inflation expectations tipped down. But again, it also showed that consumers were expecting to spend far less in December uh, we're seeing that ripple through a number of retailers that are presenting at the ICR conference. We wrote about that in our note to AAP members earlier this morning. But the the thing I want to get your take on, Bob, is because I know you've been watching this like a hawk, is the 3,900 level on the S&P 500. As, as we're sitting here, we're above that. But two things. First off, uh, please explain to everyone why you always like to focus in on the close of the day, why that's more critical than intraday movement in some of the indicators you look for. And then two, if we do close above uh, the 3,900 level, what's next? Well, what's it, wh- why do I focus in on the close? It's because um, this is where a lot of the big institutions do their buying or selling. So um, especially in the last hour, 90 minutes of the day. So that starts on the East Coast about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And when you get some some big um, big buying coming in at towards the end of the day, it means that you know not only are some big institutions uh, are are stepping up to buy, 
they looked at the uh, the prices from early on in of the session and said, okay, this is we're, we have some momentum over here. We're going to keep going. Also, that seems to be a time when those tricky algos tend to come in there and start mm -hmm. adding um, adding on and layering on. So it's almost like a snowball effect. So we we, we tend to see that. But you know, what, one thing that we've learned about in this bear market, Chris, is that um, these big strong days can be and will be reversed very quickly, if not the same, next day, but within a couple of days um, afterwards. We saw that happen last week, Chris, when uh, markets were up strong on Wednesday mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and then reversed it all back on Thursday and turned right back around and, and we yeah. had that strong day on Friday, so following the jobs report. So, Well, I, I, I think what we're seeing is, this is all part and parcel of something you and I talk about, which is the big resetting of expectations. And there's a couple moving pieces here. Yes, you know, the market wanted to see inflation come down, but what are we going to see about consumers? We are seeing layoffs. We've got earnings later in the week, not only from Taiwan Semiconductor, which I think is going to be, you know, pivotal for technology stocks, especially after what Micron said before Christmas. But then we start to get the banks and then we have the full onslaught of earnings season. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if the next couple of days are, you know, up and down, back and forth, teeter totter, you know, call it what you will. Um, I, I think that by uh, the middle of next week, call it Wednesday, Thursday, things will start to have, uh, well, let's say that maybe we'll start to get some clarity on on what things are looking like. Well, we, ha we, we have some co confluence of events happening here. We we, we do have a Fed uh, chairman mm -hmm. speaking tomorrow morning. We have some more tomorrow, Fed tomorrow meeting for right. people who are listening to this uh, later in the week, Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday the, uh, the 10th. Uh, and then we do have later in the week, we'll have some more Fed speakers coming in. We have that CPI number. And then don't forget, Chris, we have a three, another three-day weekend coming up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Monday is Monday's the holiday. And what we often see, Chris, is that um, volatility tends to uh, contract coming into a, um, a long weekend. Now, of course, we've seen volatility coming down, sliding down quite sharply since the uh, latter part of October. It's been basically straight down, um, like taking, a, taking an elevator down. And now we're around 21%, which, uh, what does 21% mean? That means that uh, the market expectations are that the markets are going to move about 1.2 to 1.3% a day. So that, <clears throat> that in and of itself means that, uh, you know, we could have some, some big, sharp movements. Um, it's not price, but the thing is, the interesting thing is this, is that the market doesn't seem to be pricing in um, huge moves like we had on Tuesday. So when you get those big, big surges, or I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, Friday, uh, last Friday after the job mm -hmm, report, mm -hmm. When the market, when when we see these big surges like this, you know, it, it, it seems to be fertile ground for people to just pile on, and and run the markets um, up higher. Well, I think that you know the, mar the mar yeah, I mean, the market was looking for something positive to hang its hat on, and 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 again, I, I can't understate this. You know, we saw that, uh, but even so, like you know, year over year wage gains of plus four point six percent, it's still a little bit of ways from two percent that the Fed is targeting, and it tells us that yes, they might do something smaller. 25 basis points, maybe once or twice. I think the CME FedWatch tool says twice in the first half of the year. So again, interest rates are going to continue to go higher. Borrowing costs are going to go higher. You know, there are other things that, you know, are, are the market has to contend with. Expectations have to factor into their thinking, that sort of thing. So, um, um, but I think that it's potentially a little bit of, you know, simple relief here. One thing that, one thing that stuck out to me, Chris, last week when we, uh, Looked at the um, the Fed notes or the the meeting minutes last from last mm -hmm. Wednesday, which is from the the last meeting in December. One thing that stood out to me was that um, every single Fed member 
said oh yeah no rate cuts in 2023 none right yeah. and and we know that on the back end of 2023 chris that we we know that that the market fed funds futures market has priced in maybe one to two rate cuts but from a higher level interestingly yeah. enough so i mean here we are at four and a quarter right so you i i mean i'm i'm, I'm trying to you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to be logical about this, but it's hard because when you think that, OK, here we're at four and a quarter, if we get up to five percent and then the market's pricing in rate cuts to four and a half percent, what's the net? It's a net. <laughs> I don't, what have we done? Have we just wasted time here? I mean, I just I, I don't know. I, I don't know how the market is going to respond. Does the market respond better if we're cutting rates from a higher level than we're at now? I don't well, well, I get yeah. I, I, I think what makes it a little bit challenging is the fact that the stock market tends to be a forward-looking animal to the tune of three to six months. So it's already, even though we have to contend with, you know, the first half of the year, the market is starting, which, which by the way, should show the economy continuing to slow, the market's already starting to contemplate the back half of the year. So perhaps that's some of what's going on. But I do agree with you, though, that, you know, it's way premature I mean, we haven't even stopped hiking rates yet. It's a little premature to forecast when we're going to start cutting them, especially when the Fed fund minutes not only said clearly what you stated, but they also went on to remind mistakes in the past of dialing back Fed policy too soon. And they are they they have said this time and time again. And I, I think people just need to, uh, you know, I, I hate to be blunt about this. Listen to what the Fed is telling you they're going to do. I, I think that one of the one of the big mistakes that uh, people are making today is not exactly that, Chris. I'm not listening to what the Fed is doing because it's in the past where we've listened to to Yellen, Janet Yellen, Ben Bernanke, even Alan Greenspan to a certain extent. So the last three chairmen, chairpersons mm -hmm. prior to J-PAL, and, and they haven't been so forthcoming. Um, no, because, they haven't. You know, and so, so you know, why, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like, you know, uh, you know, once bitten, twice shy, if you, wow. if you got, you know, if, if if why should I trust you now? Um, you know, you're 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 all coming from the same place. You know, why 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 do I believe? I th I think this time though, I hate. Do you to know say what it's it, like? Do you know what it's this like? This time is different, right? Yeah, I think it is. It's almost like when you when you're like a little kid, right? And you kind of get in trouble, and your parent says to you, like for example, you you took some a couple of cookies out of the cookie jar, right? And you know, like you know you want those cookies, right? And you're as a little kid, you're like, oh, they're not going to punish me. Right. But your parents tell you, if you do this again, this is what's going to happen. And, and it, it's almost like a, 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 that little bit of childish like hopium. Right. Oh, you know, if we go into recession, the Fed's going to cut, you know, which in the past they would have done. But, you know, how often has the Fed had to contend with the inflation problem that we have, you know, we've had and continue to have? Not very often. So 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 the playbook has to be different. And a bloated balance sheet that they continue. Last week, Chris, 40 Billion dollars, forty-three billion dollars of bonds were sold off the Fed's balance sheet, and that's in four days. Literally, wow, that's forty crazy. billion in one week. So, <clears throat> I mean, if you wanted to, if, if if you wanted to pace that out for a month, that's uh, what about two hundred billion a month. Where uh, the Fed balance sheet is about eight point five trillion dollars now. Um, I think if they keep if they keep working it down, you know, uh, ninety to one hundred billion a month. I mean, do the math. By the summertime, we'll be we'll have a seven handle on that uh, on that. Uh, uh, um, balance sheet, seven trillion dollars, and then and keep going lower. So I, I they're 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 listen. You know they're not going to get it down to zero. What they're going to do is they're probably going to sell it down to about maybe five 
to five and a half trillion dollars on the balance sheet. So they're going to sell. They're looking to sell off about three trillion dollars worth of bonds. And as long as there's a bid there, um, they'll continue to 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 sell more sell more uh, fixed income into the market. So it's a uh, you know it's, it, we're we're in strange uh, territory here because we have that along with the higher interest rates. But yeah, you know, what you what, what interesting uh, point that you uh, mentioned recently was. With with higher interest rates the way they are right now, it, it seems like it's a huge hurdle for companies to meet expectations or earnings expectations, especially when they're um, cutting cutting workers and and all this stuff that's that they're. It seems like businesses are preparing for a slowdown. How are they going to meet these earnings uh, analyst estimates for the end of the year? Well, I you know that's a good question. I, that's one I've been raising. Um, I, I, I'm sure we will see some companies do well. We'll see other companies not do well. Um, I, I think that was the the, the clear signal this morning um, on Monday. Again, ahead of the ICR report and ahead of you know comments about weaker than expected holiday sales from Macy's, uh, Bed Bath and Beyond, Party City. Those last two flirting with bankruptcies. Um, you know, on the other hand, Five Below came out, crushed it, right? In in in, in terms of their their forward guidance. So I, I think there's going to be these have these have nots. From my perspective, um, you know, whether people are you know they're seeing some positive and falling gas prices, food inflation is still high. There's that that looming uncertainty for for a recession as job cuts mount. Um, you know, I think people are just going to be in a defensive posture, and I think that's going to continue to bode well for the AAP holding known as Costco, which yeah. again is where, which is again where you should have bought your pizza instead of forking out ninety bucks to Domino's. I, um, I've, I've learned. I'm going. I'm going there later this afternoon, Chris. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to drop a couple of dimes down there and 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 uh, hopefully get our stock up higher. I, <laughs> I, I hope single handedly do it myself. I well, yeah, I think you will. Um, so a couple of other things, uh, just as it relates to wages, you know, we shared this with AAP members. Uh, minimum wage hikes go into effect in January. So you know, don't be surprised if perhaps the month over month wage inflation numbers that we get in the January employment report don't come down quite as quickly as we saw. Um, just something that we'll be watching. And also, too, those ADP employment report numbers for December showed, you know, really big wage gains in the private sector. So, again, let's not read oh so much into one nice downdraft uh, that was in the December employment report. Now, TSM is reporting later this week, better known as Taiwan Semiconductor, partners for Apple and others. Um, I know I'm going to be watching this report. You know, Micron uh, shared weaker end markets in PCs and in smartphones continuing at least through uh, the first half of this year. But the thing is, we need to remember this, TSM's end markets are slightly different, right? Smartphone, yes, is the number one end market. High performance computing, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Data center chips is the second one. Uh, you know, we might want to start to take another look at some other names that we abandoned earlier uh, when we talk about data center chips. You know, obviously the two, the big two, three are going to be uh, NVIDIA, AMD, and Marvell. Yeah, so uh, I, I I pinged you earlier today, Chris, and said that AMD is just. Um, I, I mean, again, this is this is not probably not related to anything you just talked about, but huge amount of volume today. I mean, you know, thirty nine already thirty nine million shares traded. And we're only not even about halfway through the day. Um, this is a normal trading uh, session for uh, for AMD. Thirty nine, uh, thirty five, thirty nine million shares traded on a day. So it's enormous amount of 
of money flowing into the stock today. So, so, and why is I know it's flowing in? Stock's up seven percent today, Chris. From from the from the get go, the stock is up huge, um, and it's just been surging all day long. Now could, that could mean a couple of different things. It could mean, as you said, uh, it's it's people getting out in front of that Taiwan semi, and maybe it could you know uh, have some um, collateral uh, effect on uh, AMD. Or I think it's more likely that there's some kind of a uh, of an upgrade coming around the corner here in a day or two um, from now. And then some uh, somebody, some analyst from Wells Fargo came out and said that uh, he thought that this whole group was bottoming here. So maybe, well, maybe I think a little bit of, uh, of that fuel. could, I was just going to say that I wouldn't be surprised in this, you know, sort of risk on mode that's returned, you know, the end of last week and the start of this week that folks are doing some bottom fishing. But remember, you know, that E, as we talked about a couple of podcasts ago, you know, there are a lot of questions around the E. So I, I think until we see things kind of firm, it's best to be cautious. However, you know, for folks that subscribe to Action Alerts Plus, that does mean that we can start to revisit the bullpen, perhaps with some ideas that we want to put into action as the markets kind of normalize and we get past what we think is the, you know, perhaps a tenuous December quarter earnings season. Um, now, after that, we've got the banks and typically uh, they, they tend to report in, you know, almost like a, a, a herd. Uh, on, on Friday, we've got J.P. Morgan Wells, Citigroup, Bank of America, uh, and others. Is there anything, Bob, that you'll be wanting to hear about in those reports? Yeah, I'd like to <clears throat> see if uh, some of these companies follow up and uh, with what Goldman Sachs did, and they announced uh, huge layoffs uh, this morning. Um, I want to see if uh, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan, and Wells Fargo, Citigroup, Morgan Stanley, these big names that they also announced some, I think Morgan Stanley is probably going to be the next big one to uh, to report some some huge layoffs. Um, well, not surprising. I mean, look, we when we exited Morgan Stanley several months ago, we were concerned about the tone of the IPO market. But if you, you look at some of the data for 2022, it was one of the worst years for investment banking activity in several years. So, you know, you take a look at where Goldman is expected to make the cuts, I believe banking and trading, some of the core businesses for an investment bank. I think that kind of confirms uh, what we were thinking. And if we follow that logic, you know, you could very well be right about Morgan Stanley. Well, one of the things about Morgan Stanley, Chris, is uh, is they probably have a lot of overlap from the E-Trade um, acquisition. And I think there are a lot mm -hmm. of those a lot of those people are going to get um, are, are going to get their pink slips, um, unfortunately. But you know, it's just uh, one of those things that that's just what happened when Bank of America picked up Merrill Lynch, but 12 years ago, and then also Countrywide. Um, mm, that's right. It took them about a year to pass out all those pink slips and um, all the duplication and so forth. So it, you know, could be. Could be something um, something noticeable from uh, Morgan Stanley this week. Were you surprised, just sticking with layoffs for a second, that following the news, Salesforce would cut in about ten percent, roughly seven thousand people. That you know, over late late last week, over the weekend, there was news out that they might have to make even more cuts. Were, did that catch you off guard? Not really. I think um, <clears throat> you know, I think to a certain extent, um, you know, they 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 saw good business. Um, Hanging in there for a lot longer than they than than it could have been, so they made, made a whole bunch of hires, and um and and plus uh, all these um, acquisitions that that this company's made too, Chris. They've made probably four or five big acquisitions over the over the past three years, huge acquisitions, and you know they have a lot of uh, a lot of headcount, um so it just it just made sense. I'm I'm sure they probably were trying to hang on as long as they could without having to do this, um you know, but you know then again. 
you know what? These are companies. They're not compassionate people, so they don't. They don't necessarily. Not, <laughs> right, they don't necessarily. Right. You know, I mean, the, 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 the only compassion that they're going to feel is give you your severance check and and say good luck and have a good, uh, um, good luck in finding a new job. And yeah, you know. well, I, I think part of it could be too is you know we're only a handful of days still uh, since companies have really closed the books on December and they're rolling up the numbers and stuff. And if I remember both the ISM manufacturing and services numbers for December, you know, they really rolled over hard compared to, you know, prior months. So perhaps it's a confluence of things that are coming together. And, you know, again, I, I, I don't, I want to keep an open mind, but, you know, if I listen to the data, it does make me a little concerned about the December quarter earnings season. So we'll, well, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see what the next couple of days bring. One of the things I, I read about this weekend, Chris, was uh, because that weak ISM number, I think it was under 50 for the first time in over two years. For the services, um, yeah. Services, yeah. And that um, they, you know, people were trying to point, you know, to some reliability of, of, of what action is going to come from the Fed. And they said every single time that number has been under 50, the Fed has come in and cut interest rates. I don't, again, I don't see it happening. I didn't see that. Yeah. But, so. but I mean, so. Uh, that data, you know, we, we, we've shared this with members quite a bit, and it's another reason that, you know, for people who are not AAP members, this is the kind of insight that we share. Um, there's, a, there's a huge correlation with that data to S&P 500 revenue. There's other folks that tie it to GDP. I haven't looked quite closely at, as closely at that analysis as yet, but I do think that, um, you know, it's a leading indicator of what's to come, particularly the new order components. They've been both under, uh, they've both been contracting now for, I think, back-to-back -back months. So there yeah. is reason to think that there's a more pronounced slowdown ahead. I agree. And, and, and you know, the, the stock market is trying to figure it out, um, which way we're going to go, which, by the way, uh, as, a, a, as we opened up and talking about the, uh, the stock market at the beginning of the year. Today is the last day of another one of these calendar anecdotes, Chris. I hate them. But, um, <laughs> and yet you for, know them. <laughs> as the first five days of January goes, so goes mm -hmm. the month. And if, uh, so goes of January, so goes the rest of the year. So, that, that's so, the, so as of right now, the, we're in positive territory, right? Yeah. First five. Today's the fifth day of fifth trading day of, uh, of January. Um, it was looking like we were in trouble on Thursday, mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, after after Friday's big huge move and today's uh, follow through on this bounce here, so uh, we're seeing a lot uh, a lot more positiveness here. But you know, again, um, you know, we'll, 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 the jury's out because you know what we do have earnings season coming out, and uh, I, I I don't know if um, I'm like you, I, I don't know if these analysts have have cut their numbers enough to um, lower the bar for these companies to. Uh, uh, to beat and uh, well, it it it, 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 it seems to me that you know in the certainly the last few quarters there was always some positive you know thought out there, but there was always another shoe to drop, right? So take take this you know China reopening over the weekend, you know obviously that's going to be positive, right? But we need to get through the fact that we're still in this N wave. Right. So I, I know people were talking about, oh, China's reopening. This is going to be great for travel stocks, blah, blah, blah. OK, yeah. But, you know, there are countries out there like the United States that have, you know, COVID um, COVID restrictions on, on people. So they can't necessarily come in unless, of course, they test positive. And I think those will fall by the wayside over time. But I, I think it's the latest latest example of, uh, you know, perhaps some uh, froth or euphoria in the market 
that the market gets a little bit ahead of itself and then there's some sobering things that have to happen. So it, we, we've seen this time and time again. And I believe me, I, I, I look forward to the day when we're, um, you know, beyond all of this and, you know, we're seeing positive fundamentals and there, there's no um, mental adjustments that, or other factors that we need to kind of contemplate. You know, I, I really look forward to that. So, Chris, by my count, this is the fourth um, reopening announcement of China in the last two months. Yeah, no, I know, I know, Fourth time, I know. but, Fourth but, time but this time, but this time, I mean, there was partial and then partial, and this time they did it. Um, but you know, when you read stories over the weekend about you know hospitals, you know, just being overwhelmed and and other things, it, you know, you can't think that you're going to see the full power of this reopening just yet. Right, and um, you know, if and and we we've heard some stories now that. You know, another COVID variant is out there, and and it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. going to be, uh, you know, the the they keep saying that if you haven't had it yet, you're going to get it. And, you know, it's just uh, I don't know, it's just a uh, just a mess. Up you sound there. you sound like everybody else I know, Bob. You're just tired of this. You're ready to be, I, be you're ready to be done with it and move on. I'm I'm I thought 2023 was going to be the year that we uh, the year of the uh, ex anti uh, um, COVID talk, but maybe not. Nope, afraid <laughs> not. All right, Bob, let me, uh, and before we get out of here, because yep. we, we're going to have a shortened podcast this week, the reason being we have the uh, January Action Alerts Plus members call on Wednesday the 11th. That said, high noon. Be there, be square, as they say. Um, but my one question to you, Bob, what's the one stock you that you're kind of like, mm, increase it? We, you don't own it. You don't, we don't own it in the portfolio. But what stock are you increasingly interested by? Well, you know, I you know, I did mention the AMD, but you know, one stock that I really like here, Chris, is, uh, and again, um, I think we talked about it last week, is Target. I don't know why Target has got my eye here. It's because um, I I went to several stores and and I didn't and I saw the, their shelves were wiped out, not just holiday stuff, but mm-hmm. regular regular general merchandise, um, and and that's been a problem for them for the past three quarters. It's 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 been excess inventory. And they've had to mark down stuff. And so finally, either they marked it down and got rid of it, or they've sold it off to one of these um, uh, off-price names like TJ Maxx or, or, or Dollar Tree or Five Below or whatever. And they, they sell them off to these little discounters, um, and they got rid of it. So I, I think they're going to come up with some – I don't think they're going to come up with great numbers. I, I don't think any of the retailers are going to show some good numbers, except for Costco. <laughs> um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know, which they've already they've already talked about, but I, I I don't think that all these any of these retailers are going to come up with any robust numbers. But if they do tell a story about how they're they wound down to their inventories, and I think Target really last quarter was the first one to talk about, yeah, we're seeing the inventory levels starting to come down because Walmart, don't forget, came in and said our inventory is which is out of control, and and oh the yeah, is hurt, and you know what, we're 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 in trouble here with all this. All this bloated inventory. Target was the first one that came out and said, "You know what? We're starting to get it out under control." And that was in November. So, I'm, I'm that one's got my eye. So that's interesting. How about you? I uh, so there, there's a couple that I'm that I'm kind of looking at. Um, one is regarding the the beauty space, and I, I hesitate to say what its name is because um, it's it's a quasi reopening play. I don't want to sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, given what I said a few minutes ago. But the other area that I'm looking at, uh, and I haven't found a company yet, but 
if we take a look at rising minimum wages, um, you know, that's going to hit quick service restaurants. So I'm trying to look for a couple companies out there that do some of the robotics that um, quick service companies utilize. We know McDonald's already uses robots. Those are the ones that kind of fill the drinks when you use the drive-through. Uh, but there's other ones that are out there. So that's and I, I really wish I had a name or two. I, I, someone mentioned to me a company when I was talking about this over the weekend, a company with the name Presto in it. So I'm kind of trying to find that one. Um, there's other automation companies out there like Rockwell Automation. That's not quite, I think, what we're looking for here. But that's that's the area that I'm kind of investigating. Yeah. And, and, and also, um, I think, you know, some of the news that we talked about over there, you mentioned something about... Um, uh, with Kevin McCarthy being made the leader that maybe he might have cut a deal to cut spending in defense. Well, if that hit, I don't think it's going to happen. And the message. You oh, sent, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, like, go ahead. You know, maybe, you know, if these stocks pull back on that faux news, I'm going to call it faux news. I mean, mm -hmm. it, I, th I think that that you don't want to you, you don't want to quote the former president and call it fake news. You now, faux news. So, <laughs> so, I mean, that might that might present a great opportunity to, to add more of this Lockheed Martin, or maybe even another new name in the defense sector that we've been looking. We Possibly. have General Dynamics in the in the bullpen. We've had that one in there for a while. No, we do, we do. I I, I think you're right. This is another example of you know. I I think you're right to call it faux news, where people are automatically assuming, oh, he's the speaker, he has the power to do this. No, he doesn't. You know, it has to go through a process. It has to be signed off by uh, President Biden. So I, it, it could very well be overdone. Um, but I will tell you, like I I was just watching that whole thing unfold for the speakership and i was just like 10 times 12 times 14 i'm like holy cow like if, if you really got to force the deals that much perhaps and, and this is not a political statement this is a this is just a general statement perhaps if you've got to win people over by promising everything you know maybe this isn't the best person no i mean maybe it's, maybe it's the wrong maybe they could have gone moderate I, a lot of people were comparing this uh he was 0 and 14 before he finally got yeah so they were comparing him to the uh, dismal Tampa Bay Buccaneers who went a season going 0-14 some <laughs> many years ago. So they say he's not even you know, not even better than the uh, than the Buccaneers because he actually was, you know. Well, had... I mean, I mean, put some context around <clears throat> that, right? To, to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame, you get a bad 400, 4 out of 10, 0 for 14. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> below the way below the Mendoza line, so. Exactly. All right. Well, that'll be that'll do it for today's AAP podcast. Thanks for listening, folks. Be sure to go to thestreet.com. I think they're still running a really great promo for the Action Alerts Plus newsletter. Um, but, you know, click, take a look. And, uh, you know, we'd love to see you. Love to have you join the fray. And I love the Chris, I just want to say I, I I really enjoy our position, I, positions that we have in the portfolio. I think we're really set up nicely for whatever 2023 brings us and you know whether it's up markets down markets whatever um and i think we have a lot of good diversification we have um you know we have some risk on positions we've taken some care and protecting the portfolio against heavy volatility in case that kicks up again like you did last year i like where we're positioned right now and i think we're going to do well um, versus the market in 2023 uh kind of hard to fight that bob all right folks thanks for listening thanks everyone